0: Pastors, Larry and Tiz, welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Today, we're talking about Purim. Everybody's talking about Purim. But uh, the title of my uh, teaching today is Being a Living Sacrifice and Breaking Curses, because that's what it's all about. <laughs> Amen. Uh, today, we're, everybody's teaching about that. Uh, Purim is about Almighty God working behind the scenes in our, on our behalf in our lives and circumstances, turning our circumstances upside down uh, for the best according to his word. Everything that he does is according to his word, not what we think he should be doing, not what we necessarily want to go on in our lives, but according to his word and his plan. Um, I know uh, we all know about the story of Esther, how God used her to save the Jewish nation. But for her to be used, she had to make a choice and choose to be a living sacrifice. I'll be interjecting her comparisons as I go on, but she was the ultimate living, one of the ultimate living sacrifices. And sometimes we forget yes, Queen Esther had to do this, she had to go in and see the king, but she presented herself as a living sacrifice before God for him to be able to even use her. She could have been killed just for entering the king's throne room without being called in, but she chose and she decided. To go ahead and do that, even though she knew what could happen. No one wants to go through their lives carrying a, a burden. Thank you, and creating and recreating things we didn't like as we were growing up in our lot. Li- you know, in our training, our lives with our parents or just family. There's just certain things that we see as we grow up and as we get older and grow up and see and say, "I am not going to be like that. I I don't like that." You know, I don't know why everybody does that. And we all go through that. Pastor Larry always comes um, against the old saying, like father, like son, or like mother, like daughter. Um, and sometimes that's true. <laughs> we do, even though we might not like have liked what we saw or how they did things, a lot of times we do end up doing the same thing. And I think it's just you know, because it's familiar, but also because it's been planted. Even though we say we don't like something, it's been planted, whether we know it or not, in our lives. And, so, and that's how it comes up. There's a lot of people living their lives being exactly what we all have said we didn't want to be like. Um, they never changed or realized they could change the programming. I mean, how many of us ever thought while we were growing up or got older that we needed to change the way we think about something or reprogram our thoughts about something that we saw our parents doing or somebody else? Or we just forget that that we're programmed. <laughs> we forget that as we grow up, we're being programmed into thinking, you know, how our parents thought or thinking how the world presented things to us, and we... Um, just forget and we just take it in because it's just we're not paying attention but the enemy loves that and um we never realize that the enemy from now you know back later on he'll be using that in our lives and a lot of times we don't think about that um that we saw something we didn't like it we'll never do that we end up being like that or we, or we think about it constantly, and then when we least expect it, the enemy will bring that up. <laughs> He'll bring that up, and we'll go, what the heck am I doing? What happened? Why am I like this? Well, he's bringing it back up, and, and we forget about that, that he does that. Um, we as a people gravitate to the familiar, but we as Christians... Uh, we need to move to an, into another direction and forward in God's thoughts. You know, I like to say his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, you know, I thank God for that because we can only think so far. We can only realize things so far. And uh, and we want to adapt his way of thinking because when we think about his way of thinking, it totally reprograms our thought patterns, and it helps us realize, okay, I need to change that. Otherwise, we'll never think that way. And, and, and it's kind of funny, and, but it's kind of scary that we could even be like that, even after we accept Jesus, that we think, okay, I need to be reprogrammed. <laughs> my mind needs, my thinking needs to be reprogrammed. I think it was, um, I don't know who it was, but somebody said we need a checkup from the neck up. I remember Casey Treat used to always say that, but I think he got that from somebody else. (laughs) And, and, you know, Paul insinuated that. Uh, We need to become a new creation. And I think, you know, we think about that sometimes. Like, Okay, I got saved. I accepted Jesus. Now I'm going to be a Christian. But we forget how hard that really is. (laughs) it's i'm I'm a christian now i'm good you know then we end up you know being the same as we always were but i go to church (laughs) so it's kind of hard for people to really you know get that and sometimes they don't want to hear what we really have to do to get to that point to truly be a new creation uh and that only comes through study changing who we uh who we hang around with if we cannot be the influence in that relationship Sometimes we can keep our friends, but we need to be the influence in that relationship, not let them influence us in in how we're thinking. Amen? Thank goodness God changes us from the inside out. (laughs) And, you know, he really does change us from the inside out because we can think one way and present ourselves one way, but how are we really on the inside when we leave the church building or when we're driving our cars or when we're out with our friends because we don't have to stop enjoying our lives. God wants us to enjoy our lives, but how do we present ourselves while we're enjoying our lives? And where are we going to enjoy our lives? Amen. His word says people look on the outside and judge, and they do, but God looks on the inside at what's in our hearts and thank god for that <laughs> that he knows even though we might make a mistake or whatever he knows what's in our hearts but we need to recognize that what's truly in our hearts and what are we doing to you know help in that situation god knew he could trust esther he knew he could trust esther to make the right choice and put his plan into order even though he gives sometimes he he knows he can trust us with certain things We might not always think of that, so when he pops a thing in our head, in our mind, or in our thinking, and we're going, God, I can't do that. (laughs) Why are you asking me to do that? But you know what? He knows what he's doing. (laughs) When we get that, sometimes we just need to say, God, you're going to have to help me. I know that you're asking me to do this. I know this is from you, but I can't do it on my own, so that's when we have to present ourselves a living sacrifice surrender to him and what he's telling us or asking us to do just like esther and and put forth our, our hand to do it and sometimes you know it might not necessarily um be exactly what we, how we want to do something but that's why we pray that's why we pray. That's why we look into the Word and see what it says. That's why we say, "God, I don't know exactly what You wanted me to do, but I'm taking a step forward in what You want me to do." And I remember Scott when he when we got saved, um, he wanted to go to Bible Bible school, and I'm like, "Okay," but I'm like, "I don't want to be a pastor's wife." <laughs> i don't want to be a (laughs) pastor because i had a picture of what that was and i'm like i could never be that way (laughs) i was a little wild but (laughs) but it's like i could never be that way you know but i told myself, okay if that's really what you believe god's telling you to do go ahead go to bible college and everything and uh And I said, and, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. (laughs) And then, you know, after all that and after the teaching, you know, just being under Casey and having a strong foundation in the word, and his whole thing was renewing the spirit of your mind. And that's what we need to do once we accept Jesus. That's what we need to do when we decide, okay, I'm going to live this Christian life. But really what it is is, We're being a living sacrifice. We're deciding, God, I'm accepting your son, Jesus. You need to change me (laughs) from the inside out. I am giving my life to you. I am sacrificing all the stuff I've been, the person I used to be. I'm sacrificing that person to be what you want me to be. And it's interesting. That uh, he gives us that option. He gives us that option. It's a choice that we have to make. We have to let our will work in the way he wants it to work. And it's like, okay, God. Sometimes we just go, God, just force us to do it. Just put us out there. Just make us do it. But he can't do that. He won't do that because he wants us to be willing to give our lives to him. And that's what Esther did. She willingly sacrificed her life to do what he wanted. And, and we don't always get that picture of her. She knew what she had to do, you know, but, and I'm sure fear crept in. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was like, okay, God, I'm just going to do it. And she was reminded of that too. Um, she needed to let him know, or the king know about Haman and the decree to kill all the Jewish people. That one task could have cost her life, The strategy strategy she used, which is a strategy we all should use when we hear something from God, we need to stop, we need to pray, we need to fast to make sure um, that's exactly what he wants and to hear from him to see exactly what we need to do. And the first thing she did was call for prayer and fasting from everybody (laughs) because she didn't want to just take that step and jump into it and figure it out on her own. Uh, She sought out God's plan, and and then she proceeded in trust. She proceeded in confidence, and she proceeded in the authority he gave her to do that. She believed God would protect her and give her favor, and he did. He gave her favor when she walked in there because the king could have just said, what are you doing in here, and guards. (laughs) But, you know, he gave her favor with the king, but sometimes we forget the favor he gave her was to dress herself up, looking good, to appeal to his flesh. Actually, appeal to his flesh and his love, and she had to do that. And sometimes we forget that. Um, in some circumstances, we need to do that, especially if we're married, or especially if we see somebody we want to be as our husbands. <laughs> we have to spruce ourselves up, and you know, and appeal to their. Inner man, and uh, you know, and then, but don't forget who's giving you that opportunity, and two, and that's you know, you're surrendering to God, and He'll direct you in the right way to go. But you know, I thought about that <laughs> because uh, I got dressed up for Valentine's Day, and Scott's like, "Why don't you get dressed up like that all the time?" I'm like, for what? <laughs> he said, "Well, you know," and. When you hear somebody say, you look sexy or whatever, it's like, I, I don't think I want to be sexy. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We, when you get, as being a Christian, you don't think that way. But you know what? Sometimes we still need to remember, okay, I need to present myself in the way that appeals to my husband. You know, but you, know, you can still be conservative and still be sexy. You don't have to dress like the world dresses to be sexy. And sometimes we, it's hard for us to um, distinguish between the two. And they make it hard. <laughs> because you, you can't find sometimes the right clothing to wear to where you can feel sexy and attractive and not be just out there looking like a hoochie mama. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, but... <laughs> But it's true, <laughs> but it's true, because it is really hard to go out there and find things to make you feel good, look good, and appealing, and not be all exposed. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, Jesus gives each and every one of us a chance to start life all over again, and we don't always think about it that way. okay god i'm I'm inviting Jesus into my heart. You know, what's the next step? I just need to be a Christian. I need to go to church. But we forget sometimes we get to start our life all over again. And and I know I didn't think about it that way, um, starting my life all over again at first and everything, until I kept studying and going to classes and learn okay, this is what I need to do as a new Christian. Because sometimes people just get saved and we just let them go out back into the world and they're not equipped to handle everything that's coming against them, and they don't know how to be a living sacrifice. They don't know how to surrender to God and stop uh, being who they used to be, and uh, and, and it's hard. <laughs> um, we need to be free— when we do that, start our life all over again, we get a chance to be free from pain, from stress, from shame, and whatever else is holding on to us um, or is a weight in our lives. And a lot of times when we come to Jesus, we have a weight. You know, we have something that we need to get rid of. We have something that's holding us back. And we need to learn that we're starting our life all over again, and I don't have to carry that. I don't have to think that way. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of hard to do that sometimes. His word tells us that we can give all of our cares to him. So all of that stress, all of that shame or whatever, all of that weight, we can just give it to God. And it's amazing how he can change that around. And... Um, you think about that, even things, even after you're a Christian, sometimes we still hold on to things, if, especially um, if there's things going on in our lives and our marriage and our relationships with other people, um, things happen and we just go, God, I hate them or God, <laughs> or God, I don't like them or why is this happening to me? Well, it's a, a, it's a weight that we're carrying and we just need to remember, okay, God, I know I'm going through this. But I'm going to give all this stress. I'm going to give all of this to you. And you are going to help me get through it. You are going to walk me through this valley. You're going to bring me out on the other side. And I am going to be free. I am going to be a different person than when I went through that. Amen. Uh, That's exactly what Esther did. She gave all of the stress of this situation and care uh, to God. And she surrendered herself to him. And she just needed to uh, she just needed to be the vessel that he could use, and that 's what we need to do we just need to be a vessel that God can use and sometimes you think, "Why do I want somebody to use me <laughs> but you know what that 's what it 's all about that 's what his plan is all about that 's why we were born that 's why you know we're called God's army because he needs to a vessel to use to change the atmosphere of this world to change everything that's going on and when we look at it in the natural we think there is absolutely nothing i can do but it is but it is and we just need to ask him what is it that you want me to do and one of the main things is we need to be praying We need to be praying and, uh, strengthening ourselves. And that's what prayer does. Prayer strengthens us to be able to do whatever it is God is asking us to do, which is why Esther told everybody to fast and pray (laughs) because she needed to be strengthened. She needed to know that she had the authority to do what God had put in front of her and, and it would come out the way that he planned it, not the way she wanted it to come out, but the way he planned it. Amen. And, uh, in those instances and being a vessel, what is your life sacrifice? What are you and I ready to give up for complete surrender to God? It's the hardest choice that we'll ever make in our life. Some of us have already made that sacrifice. You gave up something to follow Jesus. And, and all of us have done that. One way or another, we have given up something to follow Jesus. You know, and you think about all the things that Jesus had the disciples give up, their livelihood. <laughs> Stop doing that and come follow me. And they just dropped everything and left. You know, what did that do? Luckily, most of them were not married and they could do that. But then they just, the spirit of God just overtook them and they, just, and they did. And that's how we, I'm sure we felt when we decided to invite Jesus in our heart. You know, the spirit of God was so strong. We just said, yeah, I'm going to give up all of this and I'm going to follow Jesus. And it's like, okay, that's a living sacrifice. We decided we were going to be a living sacrifice. And when we accept and apply the blood of Jesus, we are even given, we're given every weapon we need to make the right choice and to destroy the power of the enemy and influence of the enemy in our lives He only has that power, and we need to remember that he only has that power in our lives when we give it to him. He has no power in our lives if we don't give it to him. But we need to make sure that we're remembering the weapons that God gives us to overpower him, to be able to see who he is and when he comes into our lives, because he's sneaky. (laughs) He's sneaky. He's got his strat- strategies down and he's been doing the same thing over and over and over. And when we read in the word all the things that he's done, a lot of times we can apply that to our own lives today because he doesn't change anything that he's been doing. He doesn't change it. Uh just uh, God just worked a miracle in Esther's life, and he's ready and waiting to do the same thing in our lives. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And that's the enemy. He is building up strongholds all over the place, all in our lives to see if we remember the weapons that God has given us to pull them down. And we have that power for, uh, through God for the pulling down of those strongholds, Haman set up a spiritual stronghold in Persia against the Jewish nation. Just like Esther's problem was spiritual, so is every problem and dilemma in our lives that we face. Every every problem we face is spiritual. If you really thought about it, sometimes we make our problems, but you know the thing—it's a spiritual thing that's getting us to do that. Uh, anger is a spiritual problem. Addiction is a spiritual problem. Depression, racism, your finances, low self-esteem, they're all spiritual problems. And people always want to call things diseases. They all, you know, it's all something in our lives that we've seen, actually. Think about it. When we've seen those things growing up or somebody has influenced us, something caught our attention in our minds, the enemy, which got us to do that. And that's a spiritual thing. And sometimes we, we, we don't see it, but that's why we need to have our eyes open and we need to be able to recognize the enemy when he approaches us. And the only weapons that we have to defeat these problems are spiritual weapons. And thank God that he gave them to us. We are to dig deep when we decide to let God come into our lives. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do But that's what we need to do. We need to dig deep. The deeper we dig to examine ourselves, our lives, our mind, what and how we think about certain things, uh, we come across, if we do that, we come across the root that is implanted years ago. So we really need to examine ourselves, and we get that opportunity, Yom Kippur. We get that opportunity, Rosh Hashanah. It's the start when we hear the trumpet, it's wake up and examine yourselves, <laughs> so, so we know what's going on. When we make that life decision to surrender, to surrender, the changes and choices can be easy, or it makes it easier easier for us to adjust to how God thinks. Only when we examine ourselves, and you know, I'd rather examine myself than have somebody else tell me. <laughs> We don't want to be the last ones to know that we're doing the wrong thing. So we need to examine ourselves. How are we living our lives? What are we doing that's letting the enemy creep in? You know, how are we presenting ourselves? What else can I do to surrender my life to God and be a living sacrifice? We can't win over spiritual things with carnal thinking. And a lot of times we just jump to that real quick because it's normal and it's familiar. Oh, I can fix that. Well, sometimes we can't fix that. Sometimes we need to say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender to you. I need a decision that comes from you. And pastor talks about that, you know, about our eyes being open, our ears being open, and hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God, which sometimes the Bible tells us examine everything we hear according to the word. We need to examine everything, no matter who's teaching, no matter what, we need to examine it for ourselves to say, okay, what does the word say? because we want to do what the word says you know ephesians six ten and 11 says finally finally my brethren <laughs> be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies of the devil I mean, he's been teaching us all this stuff. We study his word. We see what's going on. We examine ourselves. And then he says, finally, (laughs) after you've done all this, after you decided to surrender to me, after you decided to give yourself your, be a life sacrifice, finally take the weapons (laughs) that I'm giving you so you can stand against every strategy that the devil could come up with. Esther had to dig deep to decide if she believed in God's word and put, the, put her trust in it, and put her trust in the word and give God her life to use and to protect. Now we need to remember that when we ask him to use us, we need to make sure and ask him to protect us and give us favor also. And that's what she did. She made the right choice. We are to do the the exact same in all manners of our lives. God's weapons of choice for us will bring him victory, but it will also bring us victory. So when he wins, we win. (laughs) Sometimes we win first and we give God all the glory. Amen. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I I had to go over that one again and again when I said against rulers of the darkness of this age and look at the darkness that we're facing right now. And I think pastor's going to talk a little bit. He's going to do Purine, but he's going to interject what's going on now. And it's the darkness of this age, and we all know what's happening, because in Revelations it tells us it's going to happen, and we need and we need to see that it has to happen, so we don't get caught up in it and be fearful, because we know in the end we're going to be victorious no matter what happens, you know. And I, I know I think about that, and I'm like, yeah. And I, when I when you hear things, it's go, yeah, God, I know that has to happen. I mean, but just think of how many people that we know that are fearful and scared about what's going on. You know, are we going to be in war? What's going to happen? Is, you know, is Russia coming over here? What's happening in our country right now? Is there going to be lack? The Bible says God's people don't, is not going to be found begging for bread. <laughs> so we need to remember that no matter what they say, there's going to be a shortage. Not for me. Not for me in my house because I'm a child of God, my word, my Bible tells me, God's word tells me that I, I won't be begging for bread. I won't have any lack. <laughs> so we need to remember that. Otherwise we'll get caught up in what the world says and then we'll start feeling bad. And that's a strategy of the enemy. So we always have to keep our guard up, always have our weapons on and, and always be able to see the enemy and what he's doing. And he is slick and he is sly but we are better we are stronger we can see what other people can't see the government isn't our enemy the people down the road or next door aren't your enemy i get prayer sometimes this lady says please pray my neighbor moves away <laughs> cuz she is bugging me and getting a, and just i just can't stand it <laughs> and i just said why don't you just pray for her <laughs> Just pray for her that the spirit, her spirit changes, instead of trying to get her to move away. <laughs> but you know we can, but we can, and the and and the word says when we pray against something, when we pray and believe, we shall have what we pray for. But wouldn't we rather change her spirit than have her move away and, and have some other knucklehead come in? <laughs> and then we're going back the same round and round the same circle. <laughs> Your enemy is spiritual, not the people around you, around us and you know, and we all have experienced that. The enemy is real the enemy is real, and sometimes we forget that because we 're living a good life or everything 's going the way we want it to be, and we forget that there 's a spiritual enemy out there and he 's working day and night to mess up our, our what we have going on it 's hard to fight what you can 't see but God sees everything. Hallelujah. He can see it and tell us what's going on. When we hear the voice of God, the pastor was talking a couple weeks ago about hearing when we ask God something or pray, we need to listen for God's answer. He'll tell us which way to go, what to invest in, where to put your money. You know, he will tell us if we listen, have ears to hear. Um, This is where prayer and having a relationship with God comes in. You have to have that relationship. The scripture says we are to put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor. And I tell everybody reading that at one point, um, I talked about the armor of God. There's nothing in the back. It's just all in the front. So there is no retreat. There is no turning around and running, (laughs) running from the enemy. We can't run from the enemy. We can't run from the circumstances that are in front of us. We have to have that armor on, and we have to confront it. We have to fight it, and, and, and we're going to win. We're going to win. We put our will in check and say, you know what, Will? I know what you're telling me to do, but I'm going to do what God is telling me to do. How many Christians can truthfully say they put on the weapons of, uh, weapons of armor God gives us every single morning. Sometimes it's hard to do that. We're we're quickly trying to get done, but you know what? We can just say, God... I put on all the armor that your spiritual armor that you're giving me today. I'm putting it all on today so I can go out and be who you want me to be today at my job, wherever I'm going, at lunch, if I'm meeting somebody at an interview, whatever it is, I have my whole armor on, and that will give you confidence, that will give you trust, and that will give you the authority to know exactly what you need to be doing, what you need to be saying when it's appropriate to do it. Amen? We should always prepare and protect ourselves. Always prepare and protect ourselves by girding our loins with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of God. Put the helmet of salvation on. I'm saved. There's nothing that can come and defeat me. God is for me. (laughs) Take the shield of faith. My faith is strong. I have strong faith and I can defeat anything the devil brings my way by faith and hold it before you. Shod your feet with peace. Take the sword of the Spirit in hand so we're fully prepared for the day. And we don't have to go through and listen to them all. I'm going to say, God, I put on the whole armor today as I walk through this door. We are, the, my, uh, the Bible tells us when we put our bezels on, we're blessed going out, and we're blessed coming in. And we need to remember that when we walk out our doors, I am blessed today. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nothing that can come against me today because I am blessed by God. <clears throat> when we do all this, we are able to withstand all the tricks and strategies of the enemy it has prepared for us And he is preparing them for us every day. And having done all, we are able to stand, believing that Almighty God is there guarding, protecting, and fighting that battle for us and with us. Amen? When Esther was told what she needed to do, like I said, I'm sure fear uh, reared its ugly head for a second. But she was also told... If she couldn't do it or if she wouldn't do it, God would raise up another to take her place. And I, <laughs> and I know that from experience because I think one time I was in uh, church and I kept being prompted to somebody prayed in, in uh, their heavenly language. And I had the interpretation. And I'm like, God, I can't say that. <laughs> how do I I know if it's really what they're saying you know of course nobody knows what they're saying because it's in the spirit but I'm like how am I you know and I kept saying that kept saying that so I didn't do it another person stood up and said the exact same thing that I was told to say (laughs) the exact same thing (laughs) so when I read this you know God will raise up another to do it it's so true (laughs) it's so true she took a stand, trusted the Lord, trusted that God, the God that she had a relationship with. She trusted and took a stand with the God she had a relationship with all of her life and moved forward where God would have a mighty victory. She moved forward because she had that armor on. She moved we're not to sit in our seats all the time and do nothing and say, bless God, thank you, Jesus, they're doing this. No, we are to move in every area of our life and move forward in what he has us to do. The victory was so miraculous, so important, found so spiritual that it's still talked about today <laughs> and remembered. And look at how much we can glean from what she did. It, what she did thousands of years ago, we can still uh, uh, put that into our own lives and, and do the same thing. Isn't it amazing how God does that? He'll give us samples or stories, but we can relate and put it and just apply it to our own lives and see it work. <laughs> That's what's so, I mean, I just thank God all the time Say, God, I know whatever you're doing, I know it will work in my life. It will work. Doesn't that just give you courage to move forward, to take at least one spirit, to take down one spiritual stronghold in our lives? I mean, I I get fired up just when I think about it (laughs) because it's like, you know what? Whatever stronghold is still in my life, I know that I can take care of it. I know I can bring it down because God's word says I can bring it down. Matthew 26, 41 says, the spirit man is indeed willing but the flesh is weak. We can say it in our head what is what we want to do, but that doesn't mean we're always going to do it. <laughs> we must regain control over the power of our will. It's up to us to make the right decisions and to live up to those life-changing decisions. We can't just do lip service. It has to be a deep, life-changing decision that stirs us to never quit or reverse direction, back to the old man. We are presenting ourselves a life sacrifice. Every day and in every instance, we are influenced by the world's slack standards and a lack of personal accountability, which is why we don't see everybody back in church today, because they've gotten lazy and slack in what they're supposed to be doing, their accountability to God. God's word says, don't keep yourselves from coming together as a unit, as a family to worship him. But people are doing it every day because they've forgotten. And the enemy has used that a strategy to keep them away. And he, he used, he's used fear. With everything going on, the things attacking every second, our mind or our will is weakened. And we need to know that so we can counter that. And our ability to make godly decisions is hindered. And we can see it right now, how it's hindered people from coming back into the house of God. Every one of us has experienced the inner battle of knowing what is the right thing to do and then being unable to do it. We all go through that. Pastor goes through that. (laughs) Everybody goes through that. So it's not something just certain people have if they're not in the pulpit. No, everybody goes through that. You know, just think about the pastors that are teaching right now, you know, that are fearful they're going to lose their congregation if they confront something. They know the right thing to do, but they're unable to do it. Because of what they have built, not what God has built, but what they have built. (laughs) The good thing is, Jesus knows our weaknesses. He knows. He's been here. He's been here. He's seen it, what we're made of. And guess what? We're not a disappointment to God because He knows. He created us. He knows that we're not going to do everything the right way. So, We need to make sure that we have that straight in our mind. I will make mistakes. I won't necessarily do everything that God tells me to do. But you know what? I can ask God to forgive me. And I can ask God to strengthen me so that I can get back on the right track and still follow him the way he wants us to do. And that's called surrender. God made the provision for us, for our will and his plan of redemption. He made a provision for us to be able to do that. Through Jesus, our willpower was redeemed in the garden of Gethsemane. God's power is in us. It's in us. He gives it to us freely, and I'm running out of time, so I'm going to skip down. <laughs> uh, Romans eight thirty seven 37 says, it, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us which means we can conquer anything and everything that comes into our lives, even if we feel weak and we can't do it, we know we can conquer it because of God, because of Jesus and what he's done and that redemption. We must be able to recognize the enemy. We must be able to forgive people. We must be able to trust God, be ready and willing to do whatever it takes. For such a time as this, our God is working behind the scenes in our lives to set in place and revive his predestined army of believers. That's us. We have been predestined to be in his army. He is partnering with us. He is our commander-in-chief for such a time as this. So this is our time. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your anointing, for your steadfastness, for your divine guidance in every area of our lives. We are your end time warriors. Use us as your weapons against the enemy. Deliver us from our strong enemy, and we will tread upon them and over the power of the enemy. We bind and cast out every thief that would try to steal from us and lift up a standard against any flood of deception, indecisiveness, and confusion the enemy tries to bring into our lives. Father, we thank you and we give you all the glory and honor. Amen and amen.